Bienvenidos al podcast de Latino Founder Hour. Each week we invite you to spend an in-depth hour with us as we speak with a Latino startup founder from somewhere around the world. Aquí conocerás esas historias de éxito y fracasos, retos personales y lecciones aprendidas. And we have fun. We're live every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific time. Tune in at StartupRadioNetwork.com. O en versión podcast después del show. Escucha. Listen. Aprende. Learn. Y emprende. Launch. Muy buenos días, ¿cómo están? Buenos feliz viernes, días, Claudia. Feliz viernes, Edgar. Estamos aquí en este día. Latino a... Founder Hour. Costo viernes 10. Algo así, sí. Ajá. Por ahí así. Bienvenidos a todos a Latino Founder Hour. Eh, le damos la cordial bienvenida a nuestro invitado de hoy en cabina, Augusto Carneiro, fundador de Nosa Familia Café aquí en Portland, Oregon. Y bueno, este podcast lo vamos a hacer en inglés porque Augusto es brasileño y habla, sí. se comunica mejor en portugués y nosotros no hablamos portugués. Así es que el idioma ah, universal. Aprender el portugués. Así que lo vamos a tener que hacer en inglés. No, podemos hablar un poco de portuñol también. Portuñol, sí, ya, ya, así lo hacemos. Back and forth y, y todo. ¿Cómo estás, Augusto? Bienvenido. Gracias uh, por bienvenido. venir. Bienvenido. Gracias por estar con nosotros oh. hoy. Thank you. And I've Thank been you. interviewed a few times, not that many, but this is the most accurate pronunciation of my name. Augusto. <laughs> Sí. Yeah. ¿Y cuáles son las? What are the variations? Oh. August. Augusto Carnero. Carnero. Yeah. So this is the first interview with the with real, real name. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Gracias. Yeah. Listo. Bueno. Uh, so we're going to start today just for you to know. We're going to stop like at 30 minutes and then we're going to have an ad. And at 45 minutes, we're going to have another ad. And uh, like our uh, conversation is going to be more like uh, who Augusto is, what uh, Augusto Uh, where Augusto grew up, uh, what was your inspiration growing up, and and then why you're here. Bueno, okay, Augusto, great. thank you for being with us today. Great. So, so oh, go ahead. Yeah, you know, go ahead. Uh, just for our listeners, where, where are you from, Augusto? So, I mean, I, I, we know you're here local in Portland, but you come from far, far away. Yeah, so I grew up in uh, Rio de Janeiro in Brazil and uh, moved over uh, for college. Okay, uh, to Portland. Portland, yeah, University of Portland. How? how, how okay, so that, that's the first question. Like, uh, how did you find from Rio, uh -huh. Portland, and the map? Because there's yeah, yeah, I know. It was probably the first sign that I had some entrepreneurship in me. I wanted to play tennis in college, but I wasn't that good, so I didn't have people recruiting me. So I found a book that had uh, the address of two thousand universities in the United States that had a tennis program. And I, I picked 120, so I printed, I wrote a letter, I printed it 120 times. There were, this was before email, this was 95. Uh, wow, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and I mailed letters to 120 coaches from Hawaii to Texas to Nebraska to everywhere in the United States. Uh, coaches wow, of who? Awesome. Tennis, tennis, tennis coaches. Tennis yeah. coaches, yeah. Okay. yeah. And I got a, a few good responses, and the one from University of Portland was the best one. They also really? had wow. uh, an international student scholarship, uh, academic. Uh, which at that time very few schools had uh, scholarships for international Internet, students, yeah. so um, so that was a, an attractive thing as well. 
Okay. Wow. Well, That's well, impressive. first, first, yeah, first, uh, you you skip a lot of your life. Yes. But uh, where you grew up, and then do you grow up with your family? Mm-hmm. Uh, why do you want to come uh, to another country? Like, what was that? I mean, we heard that you're like entrepreneur, and then want to like uh, get that sure. extra mile, going into different places. Like a lot of us here in the United States, there are Latinos. Yeah. But what was like for you, and when you were growing up? Sure. So I I had a uh, I had a very uh, uh, very uh, I don't know privileged upbringing. My dad was an engineering professor in Rio. My mom is from a very large uh, farming family. So my my family has been growing coffee for 120 years since wow. uh, since the 1990s. And I had a you know a very loving family, like no no drama. My mom is the oldest of ten. And so whenever we would visit the farm, the farm is, is inland from uh, Rio, a seven-hour drive. So we would, you know, pile up in the station wagon and drive seven hours, sometimes eight or nine hours, depending on the roads and traffic. And at the farm, it, it was like a retreat with all my cousins. It was like summer camp. Oh, that's and awesome. when I turned eight years old, my grandpa Ernesto um, started waking me up every morning at 5.30 And it wasn't like a gentle, okay, let's yeah. go. It was like, like, okay, get up, it's time. <laughs> and so then uh, I would have breakfast with him and my uncles, and they were having their daily meeting, what was going to happen at, at the farm. And, and this is a, a large farm with many components. There's potatoes and corn and there's cattle. And then I'd go over to the stables, and I'd, I'd ride with three or four of the cowboys in the farm, and we'd go herd cattle. So my holidays were awesome. I'd get woken up at 5.30, You know, I was doing some work, but really I was playing, getting to ride horses. Uh, I would drive the cowboys a little crazy because I I had made this (laughs) rule for myself that I had to go on one good gallop every time. Uh And uh, and these are work horses. They were not fancy horses by any means, but they were worried that I would get hurt and that they'd get in trouble with my grandpa. (laughs) Oh, wow. So, so, uh, So then during the school year, we were in Rio spending more time with my uh, uh, dad's family. And I think what got the traveling uh, bug in me was uh, my dad was invited to teach because as a professor, it's normal to take a sabbatical year. He got invited to teach at the University of British Columbia. Uh-huh. Uh, and so I was 10 years old and, uh, and I, have, I have four siblings. So I have an older sister and then uh, two uh, younger brother and sister as well. So the whole family moved over to Canada and the first day in the classroom in Canada, I knew how to say, I don't speak English. Can I go to the bathroom? Can I have some water? <laughs> the essentials. Yes, the essentials. Yes, the essentials. Yeah. Uh, and so we lived in Canada for two years and then went back to Brazil. And then we did one more year in Canada when I was in high school. Oh, wow. So that really opened some horizons. I exactly. became fluent in English. And, you know, you realize there's there's more to the world and different ways of doing things and seeing things. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Wow. So, so, you, so you came here in 95? Uh, 96, 90, fall of 96. Ni- fall of 96. Yeah. Just, just to go to college. So this yes. was just an idea, and maybe in your head was like, well, eventually I'll go back. And yeah, I had zero intention of staying. I, uh, I loved Brazil. Didn't um, we all? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so I thought, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna play tennis. I, I had this thing. I didn't want to have a regret. So I wanted to try as hard as. I mean, I had a little bit of me thought, I'm gonna go to Wimbledon. I'm gonna, you know. Yeah. And I, I was nowhere even close. But <laughs> I tried you my were hardest. Pursuing your yeah. dream, and, yeah. And I got injured, so I, I really tried my hardest, broke my body a little bit, and so I'm like, okay, this is not meant to be. 
And then while I was at the University of Portland, it was a fantastic school. And college is so much more about just the degree you're getting. Mm -hmm. And uh, University of Portland specifically, there you know there are mission statements teaching faith and service. So uh, the the service component. So I hadn't volunteered before in my life, and so I was really uh, op- uh, exposed to that. And I got to do a travel program to Oaxaca, Mexico. Wow! Uh, my first lesson in Portuñol, uh, <laughs> and uh, that was a two-week immersion uh, program. And so it opened up the horizons to many other things. And my sophomore year, I met uh, Carissa, who's now my wife. Oh, at, at U of P. At yes. The, in school. Yeah. Oh, wow, yeah. look at that. That's cool. Wow, yeah. that's awesome. So, so that's why, and so that's why, you know, pretty much planted the seed for you to, to stay here. Stay here yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah. Though she loves traveling, so we've talked about uh, living in Brazil. Uh-huh. And and that was going to be the plan, but then with starting the business, uh, you know, there's a few things that complicated uh, living abroad. Yeah. So I'm, why Augusto wanted to like stay in Portland and uh, start a business? Like, what do you see? Like, what did push you to do that? Um, I, I didn't. I didn't know. Oh, you didn't know? No. So I went to mechanical engineering school, uh-huh. and so I graduated with an engineering degree. And the, right after I graduated, I started a job here, and uh, Carissa got a job as a nurse, and you know I felt so rich because we went from a college budget yeah. to like, oh, we have a nurse and engineer. Those are those positions play pay pretty yeah. well. And you had no with your kids, first, no, no, no kids. Yeah. So uh, Portland was more affordable, so we bought our first house within a few months of being married. And uh, life was good. Life was good, mm-hmm. and and my my sister lives in Vancouver, BC, so she left Brazil as well. And she had a job that she wasn't too happy with, and she called me and said, I think I'm going to start importing coffee from Brazil into Canada. And uh, I thought that was neat, but she studied business, but inside I thought, you're crazy. I'm going to have a long, prosperous engineering career. <laughs> and uh, about a year and a half later, I was I was very done with my job. I, I just, oh, wow. waking up in the morning, I was not excited about it. Uh, it was occurring to me that I was not born to be an engineer. And so I called her, I'm like, what were you going to do with coffee? <laughs> yeah. So I only st- I graduated in 2001, and mm-hmm. I worked as an engineer for three years, and then I started tinkering with this coffee idea uh, and registered the business, and then I, I worked for another year, so I kept my day job for one more year before I quit. So That's good, yeah. yeah. Good so I did thinking. four years as an engineer. So the process, how was the process like to like registering your business and bringing the coffee? Like, What was that like gap of like? Yeah, it, it's 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 so interesting because I even though we had the business and the family as far as the farm, it was a you know multi generation, so it doesn't didn't feel very entrepreneurial. And my dad being a professor, I didn't have any direct role models in my family of starting a business, so it was completely uh, literally foreign, no pun intended, yeah. uh, uh-huh. to me. And and so I had to start from the sc- scratch, and I was very conservative in the beginning, like. How do you even start a business? But, but, but yeah, let, let's go back. I, like, you know, Portland is where, and was at a certain extent in 2000 was starting to be known for coffee, for mm-hmm. good, like good coffee, especially, you know, specifically the Pac Norway. So, what was your idea? Was it like, I'm going to do something different or am, am I going to compete in, in a market that's mm-hmm. back that then it wasn't saturated? saturated. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't saturated in 2001, but it started to, I mean, number one, are you, are you going to compete with Starbucks? Uh-huh. In 2001, yeah. which was in every corner, and so what? What I mean, what was your decision? What was your plan or idea revolving at Nosa Familia? Um, so, 
I, I hope I don't disappoint too many people. <laughs> I had a, I didn't really have a plan. So what I had is there, there's sometimes there's a push and there's a pull factor, mm -hmm. uh, right? And I had a strong push factor. Stop going to work every day and working as an engineer. This is killing me, you know, softly. And so I I had a strong push not to do that. And so when I, w I went to visit Brazil in the uh, beginning of 2004, and I talked to one of my cousins who had started a roasting company in Brazil and had started a um, uh, export company as well. And he said, I think this is a good idea. Here, and he gave me a box of 70 pounds of coffee. And and uh, of roasted coffee. So I came back on the airplane. I don't know why, but Brazilians and Japanese people, we can take 70 pounds. The whole world can take 50. We're more special. <laughs> I don't know. Not, it's not fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so anyways, we, we came back. I came back with this bag and I, uh, box, and I gave some away to friends, and I sold some. Uh, the first thing that was very interesting it, 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 w it was almost painful for me to accept money for coffee mm -hmm. because my family had been in it for so long. I was, we were used to, you know, giving coffee to friends and family. So it was really weird for me to accept money yeah. uh, 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 yeah. for the product. So that was uh, something I had to overcome. And... Um, but I wasn't thinking strategically at all. I'm like, oh, people are liking this. The, the one thing that I knew strategically is like, there's nobody in Portland that has direct access to a farm like I have. Mm -hmm. and, yes. and, you know, we are, you know, new season shoppers and, and we like the local grocery stores. Um, and, and so I'm like, people that shop in these stores and co-ops, they will like the story. So... So that was kind of the premise. And so it took a few months for me as I started talking to people, I started doing some research. And at this time, we had one baby daughter as well, and we had one more son on the way. So again, life is very busy. Yeah. Uh, and I had a full-time job. So I was doing research, you know, one or two or three hours at night in the evening. Um, so it was a, definitely a slow start. Okay. So... Um Okay, uh, I work for Hispanic Chamber, and I have a lot of clients that uh, want to bring coffee from their countries. Mm -hmm. And uh, like you said, like it is, it was a process, and and it's, it's something that you are, uh, that you know that, that your family, uh, you grew up there, and then it's, it's hard for you to start a business over here like how how did that happen do, do you have to find like any type of mentors and like what do you mm -hmm. do for you to to be like okay i'm ready to start my business because you did a research but mm -hmm. it's more than a, than a research and then the connections and all that yeah and that's a good point if i could go back uh, I would for sure ask for more help sooner and ask for more help uh, in a wide range of people. So, uh, and, and maybe maybe this is one of the challenges with with uh, being an immigrant is that I didn't I didn't have a network of people mm -hmm. here. I had a small network from my friends from college, right? So people that came and a lot of people were from out of town and they came here and we became kind of this new family and we all just graduated. So there wasn't that many people with connections mm -hmm. uh, in, in, in the community. So I didn't have any like family mentorship where my parents here, oh, talk to this person or my friend who owns this grocery store or this. Um, so so one as, especially as an immigrant, I would have gone to look for, I would go to look for help sooner. I eventually did find a score um, and I uh -huh. went to, to talk to them. Yeah. Um, we got some help there. And then eventually I, I, uh, I, I invited a friend to become a business partner. And he was a University of Portland graduate. He had studied business. 
he started with engineering and then he was smarter and he quit engineering uh, <laughs> and he went to business. Uh, and, you know, obviously you have to be smart to do engineering, but he was smarter in, in figuring out that that was not for him. Exactly. Uh, mm -hmm. And maybe, you know, I was here and I had a little bit of a scholarship. I, I didn't give myself the option of quitting that. So I had to do yeah. it to then. Um, so that's one thing I would have uh, asked for help sooner. So becoming a partner with uh, Jason helped because he was from here and his uh, local family connections did get us a few, you know, his dad knew somebody that was high up on new seasons. And so so those connections helped a, a little bit to, to get it starting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, plus, uh, you know, it doesn't need to be a business partner. The other thing that helped was having somebody to bounce ideas. Mm -hmm. uh, exactly. With. Yeah. Um, the other thing he helped with is I probably would have charged less for the coffee because I didn't have this. I didn't know anything about margins, Pricing, and, yeah. and, yeah. And, and I wasn't used to taking money from people. Yeah. Uh, so he helped uh, set the price. So Jason and I became uh, business partners, and we each invested $400 to open the company. Wow. wow. And, and we opened the first account. You, you opened No So Familia Coffee with, with, with $800. Yeah, 400 <laughs> each, yeah. 400 each. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And Impressive. You know, uh, he still had his day job. I had my day job. Um, and then I... I finally quit my job in 2005, so a year later. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So 2005, and then you open in in that same year. So no, well, in 2004 we registered the business and we were importing coffee via air freight, uh, roasted already, and you know selling uh -huh. it to family and friends, and you know creating our own web, Brand. you know yeah. website with a PayPal PayPal shopping cart, yes. and uh, slowly going door to door. Uh, to friends and family, but again, I still had my day job in 2005. So you told your story, like how how did you told your story to your well, your friends probably knew your story about like mm -hmm. bringing the coffee and then uh, you having a family uh, business now. Mm -hmm. But um, how do you tell the story to the rest of the the market? Like how do you, how do you make people buy your yeah, so um, I'm I'm very lucky that my family uh, not only has a coffee farm, but they're very good at what they do, and it's a very good uh, area of Brazil for coffee. Uh, coffee relates is a lot like wine, so depending on where you are, you produce you know certain quality. Um, and in 2004, uh, my cousin, uh, my cousin's uh, Fazenda Recreio won the Cup of Excellence competition. Wow. So the Cup of Excellence, it's a competition they invited all the farmers in the country to submit samples. So they, we had the best coffee in all of Brazil for that year. Oh, that's and, a great story. And for 10 years, uh, him or the neighboring farm that's uh, operated by another cousin, they were always in the top 10. Yes. So that consistency, so that that was good. And then, you know, uh, it was a practicing. We would, uh, I, sh I did a lot of, I loved cycling. So after tennis didn't work out for me, I, I picked <laughs> up a, a cycling uh, for fun. I did do some local races here. So I started going to race promoters and saying, hey, can I do coffee at the start line or at the yeah. finish line? And, and so... Um, you know, the idea is to get in front of people and have yes. them taste the coffee. Mm -hmm. um, and and I still had no idea what I was doing. So it, we registered in 2004. By 2005, we had a logo that was pretty bad. We had to redo it. Mm -hmm. So only in the beginning of 2006, we had our, like the first version of a good logo and good packaging that we could really start going to stores. So it was a very slow process in the beginning. Uh, even in the beginning, we would tell people, 
Oh yeah, we started. Uh, if we're talking to banks, we'd say yes. We started in 2004 because we knew banks wanted to know how long were you in business yeah. for. Yes. Uh, if we're talking to other people, we wanted to impress. Like, ah, oh, we just started last year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and even and uh, I finally fixed that at our 10 year anniversary because there's something here. We tend to compare ourselves to a lot of people, and that's uh, made worse with social media. Sometimes mm -hmm. you know you, people are posting their best days and best events, and you're yeah. like, "Oh shit, I have a sh shitty life." Uh, and but really, uh, so with comparing with each other is 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 a bad thing. And with entrepreneurs, it's easy to look at, you know, oh, this company is ten million dollars in two years or a billion dollars. Yeah. But it's, not, it's really not two yeah, years. It's, and, yeah. Yeah. And so we were hitting our ten year anniversary, and we were, we were. Uh, just barely over a million dollars in revenue and i'm like oh you know 10 years and we're we're barely here and i you know we mm -hmm. should be much bigger and then i said you know you know so i'm like should i wait and uh, assume like 2006 is when it got started and i'm like you know what no you know we registered in 2004 that's our start date i don't care how big it is we're doing well you know this is us and this is my path yeah yes wow that's fantastic it is so really so I, 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 uh, what was the inflection point for you to to realize okay the, you know i'm all in mm -hmm. the, this is there's no turning around now i need to take it from this little mom and pop to scale mm -hmm. scale this business yeah i it's hard to pinpoint a, a specific yeah. time i know that as soon as i started working on it even when i had my engineering day job I had so much more energy for this project, even though we weren't making any money yet and there was no no uh, sure success mm -hmm. ahead. I had so much passion. So uh, in 2004, we had our second child. And then uh, middle of May of 2005, our plan, uh, again, it was pretty conservative. Our plan was, I'm going to quit my job and my wife will go to work full time. And so, you know, since, since we had our first child in 2002, we, we were used to living with one income. So it was only mm -hmm. my income. So from 2005, May of 2005 onwards, it was not my income, it was my wife's income. So even though we didn't really have investors, I had my wife going to work and your, your main investor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. She was my sugar mama. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Shout out to the sugar mamas. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, honey. Uh, uh, and Which, by the way, I'm in the same situation right now with Clica. So I was going to say the same thing, but I like yeah. uh, maybe I won't say anything. <laughs> so, no, he knows. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So yeah, you know, uh, uh, Carissa has been amazing. Not only uh, the partner, uh, that, yeah, and then work. but but also in all the other uh, uh, support. And it's certainly a lot uh, more fun now. Now that we have some guarantee, and, and actually there is no guarantees, but you know we're more established. Mm -hmm. But um, I, I it was still wasn't easy because I didn't have full time to work. I had two babies. I had an eight month old and a year and a half old. So for three days a week, uh, my wife did twelve hour shifts at the hospital. So I was Mr. Mom for three days a week, and wow, and then yeah. I was uh, Mr. Coffee for four days a week. Yeah. And sometimes her shifts were uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, so I could work on Monday and then Friday and then the weekend. And you yeah, know, people aren't. Yeah. yeah. So that provides challenges. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, so in. 2007 is when, uh, beginning of 2007, we had our third uh, child, uh, Giovanni, and he's 11 now. And he, wow. and that's when my wife stayed home. And January of 2007 was my first paycheck from the company. Wow. So after how many years? After four, two and a half. Yeah. Two well, and a half. well, uh, yeah. yeah. So, uh, <laughs> 2004 is when we like registered the company and yeah, really yeah, started yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, working on it. 
So, wow. like, you work, what, two years? And two and a half, yeah. Two and a half years, and then you receive your first paycheck. Yeah. And and that's what a lot of people doesn't understand. They want to, they want to open a business, and they don't realize that okay, you're not going to get paid for a while. For a very long while. Yeah. For a very long time, and you need to plan for that. Yeah. 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 It, it, you know, it's certainly there's a big difference between a product business and a service business. Mm. We always think the grass is greener on the other side. So I have a product business, and. Um, it, it, there's certainly there's a lot of benefits. The benefit of somebody starting a service business, you can get paid right away. Uh, it's sometimes harder to scale. You know, there's there's pros and cons. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're starting a product business, it's I I mean in my experience, you know, it took a while to be able to get paid. And then what was the feeling like? You you got your first paycheck, and then you're just like, wow, like it, it happened, and then it's going and it's growing, and now like where are you at right now? Yeah, so. Um, I'm trying to remember if it was a feeling of elation or pride or like, shit, this is such a small paycheck. <laughs> oh, shit, so finally. Like, yeah. like, can, we live, can we live with only this? You know? um, the one thing that was amusing is, you know, in talking to your, uh, my accountants to set up the books, uh, if you're an owner and my company is an LLC, it, usually the typical term is to call it a guaranteed payment. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a few months where I couldn't get paid my full paycheck or mm-hmm. there's a month where I couldn't get paid at all because of cash flow. And I'm like, but it's called guaranteed payments. <laughs> <laughs> it's not guaranteed. Yeah. It, it, it's guaranteed, you know, yeah. quote and unquote. Yeah. 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 And, and I missed it. You know, so the question, when did I know if, you know, that that was the thing I wanted to do? Um you know, I was getting so much energy from it. And so I think right before I quit my job, I, I knew and I made my family very nervous, especially my dad, who's like <laughs> a, a career engineering yeah. professor. It's like, are you sure? I mean, it's really nice you're doing this yeah, thing, but it's, why it's, not it's really nice your hobby. Yeah, yeah. yes, yes. He did call it a hobby. <laughs> and I'm like, no, there's like, you don't even know. Like, uh, just again, nothing against engineers. Some of my best friends are, are mechanical engineers still, but. It, it was not for me. And I've done, I'm a big fan, like for, for setting the culture in the company to do personality tests, to help people figure out their, their strengths. And, and I am so clearly not an engineering personality. I I can attest to that because I I have some friends that are engineers. Like, yeah, no. Well, when you first told me you're an engineer, like what? Moraleja para nuestros chicos que están estudiando, estudien, no, no decimos que no, pero este, sigan siempre su, su corazón. Sí. Lo, sí. que, lo que, that, that it makes you happy, like do what makes you happy. It's always mm-hmm. like uh, what you have a passion for, that's what's going to be great. In mm-hmm. the future, do what makes you happy and pays the bills. And pays the bills, yeah, of because course. it has to be complementary. <laughs> yes, exactly, <laughs> yeah. totally. Yeah, I, I think sometimes there's no clear connection between how oh, this makes me happy, but how do I make this pay the bill? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, pay, so there needs to be some creativity there. But I still think that in the long term, y- you'll be more successful. Of course, depending on how you determine success, and, yeah. and my view of success today is very different than it was uh, in the past. Um, but but certainly if I had... How, how has that changed? I mean, what was your previous version and now what is the new version of success? Well, so previously I just hadn't thought much about it. And mm-hmm. so I thought success was, you know, the the big house and the family and, and a big banking account and a million dollars. I don't know. That's what I thought success would be. Okay. And, and now when I think about the things that are important to me, you know, uh, my, my physical health, mental health, you know, uh, 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 
beautiful relationship with my wife, and you know, uh, my kids know my name. And, uh, <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, they might not like me very much now because they're teenagers, and I keep taking their phones away. Yeah. Uh, um, but you know, and then and then a, a feeling that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, and and I can have some creativity in my day to day. You know. It, it definitely changes. No, like, absolutely. Life and, and, totally. and, and I can see it, and because we were about the same age, and it's called evolution of the probably the spirit and the mind. Yeah. Because when you're younger, you tend to see, you know, oh, what, what's in, you know, yeah, yeah. I want the money, the account, blah, yeah. the stability, exactly. financial stability. Mm-hmm. And once you, we reach our age, like, well, I hope I don't, you know, get a stroke. Yes. <laughs> exactly. And I'm here for my kids for a little bit longer. Yeah. Yes. But Claire, do you, you do you want to do do us the honors? Of course, our first ad. Thank you. So CPA dudes where accounting is never boring. Their price is not based on time. Instead, customers decide what to pay them. They don't charge you for sending any invoices, phone calls, emails, texts, or meetings. They just get the damn job done. Find them at cpadudes.com slash startup radio. Thank you, Claude. But um, Augusto, uh, so we're defining what success is right now. Uh, how do you see you know, Nosa Familia being successful? What are your uh, Im- well immediate and long-term goals with a with a company? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, we have it. We didn't have this in the beginning. You know, if I was starting a company again, mm-hmm. uh, this is the first one of the first things I would do. We have a, a strong purpose and our core values. Uh, so our purpose is to nurture positive relationships locally and globally and deliver farm direct coffee. So it's about the relationships and it's about farm direct coffee. And, and that's important because I started Nasa Familia by importing coffee just from my family's farm, but now it's bigger than that. We started going to Guatemala, Nicaragua. Okay. Uh, I just got to go to Peru. Uh, and also we have a coffee from Kenya. And Every coffee we buy, we have visited the farmer, we have mm-hmm. talked to them, and, and then we see how we can work together. So, so as far as the farming relationships, we're successful in that it's a direct trade. And then in the direct trade, every, uh, with every farmer, we try to, to find something more meaningful. So with the farmer in Nicaragua, we've uh, uh, donated money to help uh, build uh, more greenhouses. Um, that they can help improve wow. the quality of the coffee and improve the price. Uh, and then we're helping them build a new uh, uh, school uh, and and a new kitchen. And so... With are, are these are small farmers. I mean, so they're not small. commercial, like large commercial operations. No, yeah. no. And, uh, and, then, ha- and then why is that? Like, why do you find like these, these uh, farmers that are like small? Like, um, Well, one, we go searching for it and and then the, the main thing is uh, some of my kids employees might be tired of me here hearing about me, we talk about the universe like i mean the universe will connect you to the people that you need to be connected with if, if you are open so true so the nicaraguan farmer we work with he is uh he's, he's not a tiny farmer but he's a new farmer he uh, he moved from Nicaragua here uh, when he was 13 because his mom was thought he was going to be recruited by the, the, the military or the oh, okay. Sandinistas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said, ironically, at 18, he joined the U.S. military. So he's done tours of uh, Iraq. And so okay. he's a, 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 mili- uh, a military supply engineer. Actually, he just retired, uh, Bayardo. And I met Bayardo's wife 
when I was working, uh, sorry, Bayardo's, uh, yeah, Bayardo's wife, uh, your friend, when I was working as an engineer. And we stayed in touch, and so she reached out after I had quit a few years and said, my husband is restarting his family's farming tradition in Nicaragua. Can we talk? And like, sure. And so... And they, they knew you had Nosa Familia already. Yeah, and oh, so wow, they visited okay. Portland and said, you need to come to Nicaragua. I'm like, I'm like, don't invite me because I will go <laughs> like, if you don't mean it. Like, so, so I went to Nicaragua, and we were the first people ever to import his coffee. Wow. And, wow, uh, that's and amazing. So now, actually, his brother arrives at the end of the month. His brother is helping him with the farm and he's going to visit. That's great. Um, yeah. That's good. And so they, you know, we talk about what they need and, and what we can contribute with. So last year, our holiday coffee, uh, we do a holiday coffee called Festa. And we did fundraising for this kitchen um, that they're oh, building. Oh, cool, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. That's just one example. This year we're working with uh, uh, the San Miguel Escobar Cooperative in Nicaragua, and uh, sorry, Guatemala. And they're doing a program for, for uh, jovenes, so for the young farmers, uh, to promote uh, young people staying uh, in, in with the farm. farm. Yeah. Yes. And so we're doing... A, really awesome program exclusive with new seasons uh, and they'll have this uh, coffee produced by young producers uh, during the holiday season that's amazing and then you you said something really really uh, smart and interesting that um, everybody needs to to know that uh, the universe will connect you to the right people and then uh, and it's just like like always organically that the way that um, that you can give back to your community or to the people there is like that is in need and then you don't have to reinvent anything as everything's there and the people will come and the the opportunities will be there for you yeah yeah and and and, and i mean there's so many situations i have a few friends that know me and my wife really well and they will accuse us of being super lucky and it's true like and part of it i, I think It requires you being very open and sometimes vulnerable. Mm -hmm. So as an example, last year, I, I did one of the hardest projects that I've ever done is I bought a commercial building. And I couldn't, I wouldn't have dreamed of that a few years ago. Um, and just because it, w it was so, so much money, Portland's so expensive, this is such a large building, I wouldn't have dreamed of it. But because I've met a few people, um, I, I thought it was possible. Anyways, the transaction was almost falling apart because we needed one more investor. And I had a couple more days and I was ready to give up on it. I needed to find somebody in a few days that could invest close to half a million dollars oh, with us. Wow. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm like I don't, again, I don't have the network. Yeah. Yeah. And then who has that sitting around? And I went to a barbecue and I went to grab a beer out of the cooler and I started talking to this guy who happens to be a real estate attorney. And again, some people are like, oh, sometimes you share too much. And I told them like, oh, yeah, we have a deal, but it's probably going to fail. And here's why. And and, oh, and uh, it's like, huh, I have a couple of people you should talk to. <laughs> and I had a lunch on Friday with somebody he recommended. And they're now business partners with us in this building. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> do you see like the networking is always like, that's where yeah. I tell my clients, you have to get out there, network, talk about your idea talk with the, the right people. So they, mm -hmm. it's always a person that is going to help you with the process. So, so and, and touching, well, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, uh, the other part is, is I've, there has been few situations where somebody came to me and said, okay, I will help you. Even in this situation, it wasn't, I will help you is, I see this as a potential win-win for both of us, so I will do this uh, with you. So, um, 
I, I realized like uh, the the help I need to come up like I need to figure things out on for myself and I need to work hard to come up with sometimes like my own solution um, but sometimes if I can find a win-win uh, mm, yeah. that's when it works for partnerships or, or getting things done so um, it has to be good for the other party as well. Of course. Yeah, and, and, and you know, just what with, uh, Claudia was touching, you know, about networking and investment. So, be, prior to this, did, did you ever raise funds in Portland, or, or I mean, you, I know you, you said you started a company with eight hundred dollars. Yeah. So um, the only uh, fundraising I had to do. So uh, my partnership with Jason went well for a few years, and then we were going kind of separate ways, mm -hmm. and and so uh, we broke up the partnership. So I had to buy him out in two thousand and ten. And so I did fundraising, but only with family okay. to, uh, to buy out his portion of the company. Um, so we did this, uh, the buyout and we raised money there. And then, um, and then I, there's a couple times where I've asked my investors for a little bit more, like when we were doing a move and needed more money to finance mm -hmm. the build out. Okay, uh, but, but, but those are family and friends only. Yeah. So yeah. you're never going through the traditional or, well, you know, the, the Portland, uh, VC rounds or anything like that. No, no. The, and then you know this this uh, new partnership. It's a real estate partnership. Um, it's it's Nossa Familia as one of the investors and two other investors. Okay. So, Augusto, you you have been talking about uh, the trajectory. Like everything has been like really uh, no given, but like you work hard for it. And then I want to hear more about the challenges. And then like yeah. how has been because it's not easy. Mm -hmm. I mean, everything it seems easy, but it's not. Yeah, yeah, it's like the, you know, you're the 15-year-old success, you know, uh, exactly. or the 10-minute. Uh, yeah. um, so we, so some, some of the hardships, so certainly when we had to do the, the partnership buyout, that was definitely mm -hmm. a, a challenge. Um, and even before that, you know, like uh, you start putting some money in the bank, but then the bills start adding up. Piling up, yeah. Uh, and then uh, our first good year was 2007, and so we gave ourselves raises, and then and then we got the tax bill. Oh. <laughs> yeah, and okay. then and then the economy crashed, right? Yeah. And so when the economy crashed, you know, up to then it had been very easy to get uh, a, a line of credit. Then it wasn't so easy anymore. And and when you're growing a business, you have to buy more inventory. Yeah. So uh, one of the stories there is I had our first container of coffee on the way uh, to Portland, and so this was going to be anywhere between seventy to to ninety thousand dollars, and we were counting on the bank to to increase our line of credit, and the bank called us in and said no. And not only that, but you have to pay the remaining amount. Uh, so it was a bank, oh it was a local God. bank that was in trouble, so they're collecting everything. So what do you do? Like, I, I had nowhere close to, you know, I don't know if I had $7,000, you know, <laughs> let alone like $70,000. So, so that's, again, when you improvise and you're vulnerable. And, and, and in my mind, like, you have to do the right thing. So instead of, like, being quiet about it, I immediately called my cousins who own the export company and saying, the coffee's, you know, they knew the coffee was in the way. I'm like, this happened. I, I'm not going to have the money. Is there anything we can work out? And so, you know, they asked for some some more explanation and writing of what was going on. And they asked me to do an analysis of based on how much coffee I was selling, how fast I could pay them. Mm -hmm. So then this crisis turned into an opportunity because they said, okay, why don't you pay us in four months instead of when the coffee arrives? And so for pretty much 10 years, we have this arrangement now where they give us terms. 
so sometimes okay. something bad happens, and then you turn it into an opportunity. An opportunity. But again, it doesn't work all uh, uh, always. Uh, but I, you know, in my mind, I'm always open. Instead of you know them having to call me, you know, like where's the money? Where's yeah, the money? I, I was yeah. upfront about what happened. So that, that was that was a challenge. And then uh, the partnership breakup uh, was definitely very challenging. You know, Jason and I were. We're, we're friends, and so to be on the opposite side of the table uh, was was very hard. I'm not a, a I'm not or wasn't, especially back then, a, a good negotiator. Mm. Um, luckily, it was done pretty cleanly, and so Jason and I are still friends today. Uh, we refer, you know, he started a new business, uh, but you know, for about a year, we didn't want to see each other. <laughs> oh wow! Okay, uh, so, so 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 it took a strain on the relationship. Definitely, yeah. and and I'm definitely a, a people person, so to have mm-hmm. any bad relationships is is uh, definitely takes its toll on me. Um, and then there's, uh, you know, um, I think I, I read Shoe Dog, you know, great book on uh, uh, Phil, Phil Knight. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah. Yes. And. Uh, and it was so funny. I'm like, oh, for the first five years, I was tracking exactly like Nike. Uh, and there's uh, the, his stories of going to the bank and getting denied. It was, it's so familiar. Uh, so mm-hmm. any entrepreneur out there reading Shoe Dog, especially if you're in Portland or the Northwest, it's, it's part of the local history here. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll add it to uh, my reading list. Yes. So. Yeah. So the f- financial strain is probably one of the bigger ones. I think um, it took me... I think two years ago, 2016 is when I was able to give myself uh, a, a, a raise that made my paycheck the same as my engineering friends or similar. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, it took 10 years to to, to get to up. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And now, but I don't have a 401k. I don't have okay because they, you know, people have yeah. been saving. Um, I do have some, you know, supposedly uh, uh, business equity Equ- built. Yeah. You know, the business has value. Um, I, my life has been wonderful, especially since 2000 and. 13, we got to the point where I could hire a really good operations manager mm-hmm. and, and my team progressively, you know, uh, started getting better. And I was able to delegate the things that I'm not very good at. Um, and and so now I'm getting to do more travel and, and work on the things that I like more. Yeah, l- like equity and, uh, you know, the, the initiative that, you, that you're working with, uh, mm-hmm. you know, um, on the privilege. So l- let's talk a little bit about that um, Mm-hmm. You know what? You know the the work that you've been doing here in Portland. Yeah, um, and and again, like when you hire great staff, it, it magnifies all of that. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I find out that we're doing something because I see it on my on the Facebook page, and it was one of my uh, staff that set up a oh let, we're, we have a booth at Sunday Parkways, and we're partnering with Pear, uh, and they help with uh, uh, homeless youth uh, programs. Um, so w- w- we do a lot. Some of the s- some of the specific ones. Uh, so we help with the Pear Barista School. So Pear is a, a day center for homeless youth to go okay. to and have a safe place. And they um, and so for for um, four or five years now, we've been helping uh, with coffee donations and with staff to teach uh, their kids the kids yeah, uh, yeah mm-hmm. job skills. That's awesome. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And, and you work in another Portland initiative, the uh, Young Leaders. Yes. Are you still doing it? Well, I I haven't done too much with that, um, with Ryan Buchanan. And yeah. Yeah. Um, I've attended some of the events. I haven't done too much with that yet. Um, more so with the World uh, Affairs Council of Oregon. So we've hosted, uh, there's a Wiley. Uh, oh, is that the one you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Okay. 
too many things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, again, I'm not the detail guy. So yeah, the Young Leaders uh, Leadership Initiative uh, yeah. of Americas. Yeah. So we've hosted uh, uh, people from uh, a young man from uh, Haiti who okay, is a, yeah. a cacao producer and making chocolate. And and again, some of these things. Again, here's an example of the universe. Um, the program couldn't find a host for a young man that was opening a coffee shop in Guatemala, mm-hmm. and so we connected him with a few other coffee companies. And then he said, "Why? Well, you know, we'll host him for a week." So we hosted him for a week, and he's like, "Well, when you come to Guatemala, you got to come visit my coffee shop." So then, when we arrive in Guatemala, he picks me up at the airport, and he gives us this great city tour. Oh you know, like gosh. a private tour guide. Yeah. And then a year later, we got an opportunity, again, because of the universe, to open a espresso bar in downtown Los Angeles. And uh, uh, um, this uh, young man, uh, Roberto, in Guatemala is like, my brother is moving to Los Angeles. And so, and so his brother was a barista for us for six months. Oh, and wow. That's wonderful awesome. guy. So, again, like how you meet people is, yes. is, is uh, crazy. Just the, the, the meat connection. But um, so, so I'm a board member of the WAC, uh, the World Affairs Council. Oh, great. So I'm, I'm familiar with those programs. And we'll, we'll talk more about them, you know, as, as we progress. But, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, one of the things that we won in this forum in the Latino Founder Hour is to also inspire people, you know, so people can identify with stories with the, with the founders and say like, wow, my God, you know, Gusto went from uh, engineer to coffee entrepreneur. And then mm-hmm. the coffee saturated was like, no, it's, it'll be impossible. I'm sure you people tell you, you're, you're probably nuts mm-hmm. to try to do that back then. Yeah, it's just like, yeah, what are you doing? Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. there's already enough coffee here. Yeah, even yeah. I go mountain biking with my mechanical engineering friends, and they're like, I, you're crazy. I don't know how you like, do yeah. this. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think there's a few things to touch upon. Again, there was the pain point in yeah. the beginning, uh, and now – it's been a lot of fun. So when you get to, um, even when it's hard, you're still, if you're working on what you believe is, mm-hmm. is right, mm-hmm. um, that's a great thing. And then as far as uh, the other component for me that's been really important is the giving back. And I remember from day one thinking, okay, I, I picked up a package of uh, Newman's Own Coffee on the shelf. And I'm like, oh, they donate millions of dollars. When mm-hmm. am I even going to donate anything? And so I made a decision to to start a like a fundraising model. So Instead of waiting until I'm big to donate $100,000, why don't I donate 50, 50 cents for every pound of coffee I sell? And so the first year, one of my friends was starting uh, the local chapter of Engineers Without Borders. Okay. And I did, you know, I sold some coffee at the end of the meetings, and I, I, I was almost embarrassed. I wrote a check for, I think it was $39. Uh, and, but the next year, it was $250, and then the next year, it was like $1,500. Um, and so it started, but because we've had this in the beginning mm-hmm. of always donating money, and so last year, we passed the $100,000 mark. Oh wow! So wow. we've donated since we started over one hundred thousand dollars. Thirty nine dollars. Yes, that's, yeah. a, that's an excellent so, story. Yeah. And yeah. then, like for everybody that is listening to us, like they're working hard for their dream. Is is something that is like you said? No, don't wait until you're like big. Just to, to write the gigantic check because exactly. it's exactly you know the snowball starts with, with a flake time, mm-hmm. even, with a tiny flake. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that flake turns into another, another yes. until you have the snowball effect. Yes. Yeah. So we want a million Augusto Carnegie. Yeah. Yeah. Started with, with a little know. bit, when exactly. even if you think it's insignificant, but it, you know everything helps. But mm-hmm. 
gusto. Like, and everything uh, that we're talking about, and you're local, you're here, like you're uh, a mentor almost mm-hmm. for a lot of uh, those uh, young adults that are like trying to figure out what to do. So can they like contact you and then ask you for for a cup of coffee and then to sit down with you? <laughs> can they buy you a cup of coffee? Can they buy you a cup of coffee? <laughs> uh, sure, of course. Yeah, yes. yeah I... I uh, I get a lot of energy talking to, to people and people that are starting up. Um, there's definitely, you know, some resources that I always point people to. Uh, one of the things that helped me, uh, has definitely not only helped me the most, but literally changed my life is joining the entrepreneur organization. So there's a, a worldwide organization called EO, EO yeah. uh, um, Entrepreneur Organization. And, and then in Portland, we also have EOA, which is uh, the accelerator version. So it's not for... St- Startups, you have to have recurring revenue mm-hmm. as well. There's many other startup groups, and I, I'm not very experienced in the startup world, especially in tech. Um, but uh, so, EO uh, accelerators, you have to have $250,000 of revenue a year, uh, and then EO itself, you have to be a company doing a million or more in revenue. And essentially, it's a peer-to-peer networking group with lots of great learning events. Uh, and for me, it really helped me. I realized now I had a lot of self-limiting thoughts, like, oh, yeah, I can probably, I could never visualize myself being very mm-hmm. big or doing X, Y, and Z. And so then I'm surrounded by all all sorts of entrepreneurs. And some of them, sometimes I go into a meeting and I feel like I'm having a bad day. And then somebody's having a much worse day. I'm like, oh, oh. okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. In perspective. Worse, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or other times I'm like, oh, man, I'm kicking ass and somebody's like kicking way more ass. Like, <laughs> so it's, it's humbling. Uh, uh, humbling both. and motivator. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. So, um, just uh, we have like what ten more minutes. Like, uh, do you want to talk about that? We forgetting anything? Like to talk about? Well, well yeah. I mean, we're, we're just lot. getting started. Yes, you know? exactly. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. Like, no, and, and, and you know, I want to I want to hear more. You know, what's next for you and Nosa Familia, Augusto? I mean, what, yes. what what do you see? Not, not that you touch a point. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you see? As the the li- maybe not the limit, but mm-hmm. where do you want to see uh, mm-hmm. the company going? So um, a few things that we're working on now. So we we just had the craziest twelve months ever, where we opened a coffee shop in Southeast, and then we had to move our coffee shop uh, in 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 the Pearl a block away. So it's essentially like opening a new one. We had to move our headquarters, so we had to buy the building, move the headquarters, and we bought another roaster. Um, that was essentially a quarter million dollars, so a lot more debt. Uh, and we opened the shop in LA. So, and then wow. on Monday we opened our fourth shop by Lads Edition. So we're opening four shops and moving our headquarters. So big That's expansion, awesome. local expansion. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, in LA. So um, for the next few months, we need a lot of clarity and executing and perfecting and and giving my team a little break on new things as well. Um, <laughs> And um, so, yeah, we'll have three shops in Portland. Mondays, we open this this other one. It's a uh, Lads Edition next to, uh, on Division Street. Yeah, yeah across the street. Hall, okay. Yeah, across the street from uh, from New Seasons. Okay. And, and so f- for the next few months, we're going to be perfecting our, our retail stores. We've had more and more requests and interest on people abroad, uh, uh, possibly taking Nasa Familia abroad. And so uh, I'm starting to work on a framework of how we would work with people in another okay. country uh, to open a cafe or a, caf- a roastery cafe. 
um, and and figuring out if that would be. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure it wouldn't be a franchising because I believe uh, I'm a strong believer in the local uh, mm-hmm. presence and local sensitivities. And so, you know, what works in Portland probably doesn't work in Lisbon, Portugal, or in, in, in Barcelona. So, but perhaps a licensing agreement where we can share knowledge and do some sort of partnership. And the main interest there is because I would love to have this crazy worldwide web of barista exchanges. So somebody's a barista in Barcelona, mm-hmm. they can come oh, work in awesome. a cafe in Portland, yeah. and the Portland can, a person can go work for a cafe in Tokyo. Um, so I've had this crazy, I don't know, I love traveling and I love connecting people. Um, and that's why I love hosting people. Um, we are hosting uh, uh, Shoma, a young man from Japan that reached mm-hmm. out to us, and he's uh, going to English school and, and volunteering at our cafes uh, for a few months. That is fantastic. This is fantastic. Great, yeah. Yeah. Yes. So th- uh, we have listeners from all over the world. So mm-hmm. somebody probably is going to be like very excited of, of this conversation right now. Right. And how they can contact you, like how this works. Yeah, where like, where, where can wanna, they follow yes. Nosa? So the 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 best place is, is uh, on on uh, social media uh, and to to follow what we are doing. Uh, best way to contact me is via via my email, okay. which I imagine you can have in your in your show notes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and um, I don't do Twitter, so uh, no, but but but, uh, but the company does. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, actually, the company doesn't do Twitter either. No. Uh, so we need to be uh, uh, better about that. Um, but yes. Anybody can is welcome to to reach out to us. Yeah, yeah, uh, and we'll post it in the notes at, at Nosa N O S S A Familia. Yeah, it's Nosa uh, Familia. It's NosaCoffee.com. NosaCoffee.com. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, other things that we're working on for for the future, and this idea of this barista exchange, this is a definitely a long term. Uh, a project, um, and we have no solid partnerships abroad mm-hmm. yet. Uh, but we are starting to do them by, you know, hosting baristas for a week or so from another country. Again, we can't employ people from yep. abroad without our work permit. But you know, they can certainly hang out and, and volunteer and and, and uh, exchange some information. Because you know what, I personally also love to travel. Uh, I lived abroad, you know, mm-hmm. in a couple of different countries, and one my my ritual morning rituals coffee, mm-hmm. and yes. I you know have a pal. For, I just have to have coffee, but just one up to and to me when I travel it, the best place to meet people and to, to start meeting a culture is a coffee place like yeah. I lived in Milan and the coffee ritual is way different than the coffee ritual in Spain mm-hmm. and even within Spain northern Spain you know the uh, Galicia versus uh, vast country versus Barcelona you know Catalonia and Madrid are completely different yeah. and, and in Italy the same Naples, you know, in the south, Rome, Milan in the north, yeah. they're completely different stores. And then we come to the U.S., then you go to Mexico, yeah. uh, you go to Argentina, you go to Brazil. Yeah. They're like, everybody drinks coffee, so we have one thing in common. But there's many variations on the experience. Yeah, and it's one of the exciting things about being uh, working in coffee is, like, it, almost pretty much every country has its own style. Yeah. Uh, it is a worldwide phenomenon. Uh, luckily for me, it's pretty much a um, a uh, uh, recession-proof uh, drink. Uh, you know, we have restaurant yeah. customers and other customers that you know definitely slow down if there's a recession, but uh, it, it falls under you know like Nobody it's a legalized drug. Coffee. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. People still need it. Yeah. Um, and then as far as other uh, things for the future, we um, we're also starting a tourism branch of the company. And this is the first time I say it publicly, but we started, I've taken people to Brazil, to our coffee farms in the past, 
and then we started doing a travel program to Guatemala uh, three oh, years wow. ago. So in January, we're going to have our fourth uh, annual Guatemala tour, and these are authentic cultural exchanges. Okay. So it's not a posh tour. We don't uh, tour. We don't stay at a five-star locations. We walk up the hill with uh, Timo and other farmers, and we harvest coffee, and then they bring us to their house for for a simple but delicious meal. Um, And uh, we definitely do a couple days of more vacation uh, tourist stuff, because you have to since you're down there. Um, But again, our goal is to help connect people and have these positive relationships around the world. Um, So we've been able to host some of the people from Guatemala here as well, Uh, and we go every year. Yeah. That's, That's awesome. Amazing. That's yeah. really cool. So, so once I get my first paycheck from my startup, yeah. kinda, kinda, I would love to you know go visit a coffee farm too. Because you know all this time I've gone you know to places and but I've never been to a coffee farm. Oh yeah, so, they're beautiful usually. Yeah. I would like to just firsthand you know drink yeah. a cup of coffee from straight from the yeah. source. And then just to wrap it up, like we have to go, but we want to thank you, Augusto, for being here. Like you don't like. I can believe like this story, like it's, it's amazing. Like you have something that uh, a lot of uh, entrepreneurs are like dreaming of, like they're starting or they're like already established and then they're, they, they're stuck and mm-hmm. they don't know what to do and where to yeah. go. So uh, for all those listeners, like please get connected, uh, talk to a mentor and then like we're here to help all the time. So get, that's why we created yeah. this space. Get out there and get shit done. Exactly. Right. Get yeah. shit done. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, well, and if you're stuck, I'm stuck at least a few times a week. It's it's normal, and so do your best to enjoy part of the path that you're in. Yes. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Augusto. Happy Friday, Happy everybody. Friday. Thank you yes, so much for listening you. to StartupRadioNetwork.com. And today's episode of the Latino Founder Hour is brought to you by Publicize, a deconstruct PR subscription service which generates effective visibility for your business. Publicize has broken down PR into a modular step, keeping high quality high and simple charging. Fees for the targeted PR you require. Check them out at publicize.co and tell them Claudia and Edgar sent you. Coming up next here on Startup Radio Network is The Out Entrepreneur with host Rose Perry. Rose talks to LGBTQ entrepreneurs and founders from all around the world. Thank you and happy Friday. Happy Friday. Thank you. You've been listening to the Latino Founder Hour podcast with your hosts, Edgar Navas, founder of Clica, and Claudia Cardenas. El programa Latino Founder Hour es grabado en las instalaciones de NetSpace en el estudio Bigfoot Podcast en la hermosa ciudad de Portland. Our audio engineer, mixer, and podcast editor is Alain Beausoleil. Diseñador de logo, Carolyn Main. Our network logo was designed by Jessica Chan. Diseñador de sitio web, Cameron Grimes. Our production assistant is Chelsea Lancaster. Tema de música, Funning and Sunning, de Kevin McLeod. Cree en ti mismo, sueña en grande y confía en el universo, de Marta Leticia y Silvia Romero.